The mild weather of the last few days is about to change, according to the Central Weather Bureau. The weather will not only become cooler, but wet, with four consecutive days of rain forecasted. Let's hear from the CWB. In the future, there will be two waves of the northeast monsoon. One will come today and tomorrow, and the other wave will begin on Tuesday night. By then, there will be a likelihood of rain in all areas of Taiwan. By Saturday, moisture in the air will be slightly reduced. However, there could still be some rainfall in the northern and northeastern regions. Other regions will see scattered rainfall. When everyone goes back to work on Monday, the northern and eastern regions of the island could see scattered rain. The southern and central regions will have stable weather, but there could be large temperature swings between day and night. On Tuesday, the northeast monsoon will weaken and temperatures in northern Taiwan will rise. By Wednesday, a new wave of the northeast monsoon will arrive. The northern and central regions are expected to see significant rainfall, while the southern and eastern regions could see brief showers. Getting a unit in a social housing complex in Taipei can be tough, and even for those who get in, money is often tight. The residents of one such housing complex have found a solution, growing produce in their outdoor common area and selling the food they make with it. By farming and making dumplings together, the residents develop a bond and give back to the community. Unfortunately, a regulation that limits lease terms for social housing residents means they have to part ways after six years. Despite the impending separation, their bonds and experiences will stay with them for the rest of their lives. Pulling a wheeled crate with gardening tools, she periodically looks back at the young girl keeping step with her. This is Huang Lanying, a resident of a Taipei social housing unit. Follow her to the building's rooftop to find a thriving garden where residents grow all manner of things. Other residents are already there, smiling and conversing as they share the garden, each tending to their own plants. The residents here wake up early to come up to the roof. It's not just to chat to the neighbors, but also to farm together at this hidden away urban garden. We get up really early and come here to check on our vegetables and our fruit to see how they're growing. The first thing we think about each day is coming here to look. Our roof level, which is the 15th floor, and also the common area on the 5th floor, those are shared spaces. Anybody can go there and grow things. This space where children too can put their hands in the soil and experience the joys of farming in the midst of the bustling city is a slice of green where you would least expect it. Here, the residents can experience a rural escape. At night when they come up here, they can take in the view of Taipei 101 and the cityscape, and at the same time, see this patch of flowers and greenery. 
In that space of time, the uninitiated like me can slowly learn how to grow plants, fruit, and vegetables. This much produce is more than a single household can consume, so residents were faced with the question of how to put it to better use to make their endeavor more meaningful. After years of thinking about the issue, these urban farmers came up with a solution. Shiso leaves grown at the urban garden are perfect for use in tea, and their unique fragrance makes them suitable for other uses as well. The younger farmers devise a particularly innovative use, combining them with other crops from the garden to make dumplings. We harvest these crops and make dumplings with them. The dumplings that are most popular right now include the ones we make with shisho and those with lufa. We also make dumplings with bitter melon, which are actually quite good. At their monthly gathering where they make dumplings together, the residents form an even stronger rapport. These gatherings to make dumplings are very exciting. The first bitter melon I've ever tasted that was sweet was grown by Mrs. Huang. Along with Caillou's hot sauce and my fruit vinegar, the three were perfectly matched. We thought about it and decided, hey, we can make something out of this. Making dumplings is relatively easy to do, but by putting their own spin, these public housing residents created their own unique brand. Later, we came to understand the makeup of the public housing community. We realized that having our own brand could benefit those people in need of work. For example, we have housewives, older adults, retirees, and people who are low or middle income. Through cooperative projects like small-scale food processing or other homemade items, they can earn a bit of money to subsidize their income. For example, this Chinese mahogany plant grown by 80-year-old Mr. Yo can be used to make a sauce that pairs well with dumplings. However, if the residents are to sell dumplings to the public, they must pay careful attention to food safety. Toward this end, Zhang Kaiyu holds a monthly food processing class with the residents. We've spread the content of the food processing class over seven sessions. The course covers things such as what to look out for during the production process to ensure food safety. We look at the required steps in the production line. The whole process must abide by food safety standards. These dumplings reflect the shared effort of the housing community, which is also a reflection of this housing community's past life. The Jinkang Social Housing Building sits on the former site of a National Women's League housing complex. The construction style of the new building reflects the characteristics of that old housing complex. Some of our older residents who previously lived at that old complex also sometimes share advice and experience with the other residents. Young residents who benefit from that advice also repay that debt of gratitude. Once a month, we take the leftover dumplings to Taipei Songshan Senior Service and Daycare Center. Some of the residents there have dementia or have poor mobility. 
over time, this endeavor of ours has slowly become meaningful. So it's our plan that over time, families can learn these things together and we can gradually build a caring community. By sharing their dumplings with older residents, the work of these urban farmers grows more meaningful. However, building a caring community still has its challenges. Getting a spot in social housing relies on a lottery system, and the chances of selection are quite low. Taking Taipei as an example, the chances of selection are less than 10%. To tackle the problem, in 2017, the city initiated a program that encourages youth to give back to the community through entrepreneurship. Program participants can secure a spot in social housing without going through the lottery system. Jiankang is the first social housing complex to participate in the program. It's done a great job of creating a community brand. Actually, all of the youths in the program have their own target markets or different groups of people they aim to help. They are all quite outstanding. It may be difficult for them because they are using their time outside of work, investing their already limited time to create all manner of possibilities. Under the city's regulations, most households are only permitted to stay in social housing for a maximum of six years. Once their time is up, they must leave, but the urban garden stays behind. I'm worried about the fact that after we've been here for six years, we need to go and adapt to a new lifestyle. Social housing residents Lin Shuxia and Huang Shujian are both retirees, and both have the same thing at the center of their lives careful tending of the community garden. Facing the impending expiration of their lease terms, they feel helpless, but just maybe there is an option for them to keep their lifestyle. There was a feasibility study at the city's Department of Urban Development, which looked at the possibility of lease renewal. The proposal they originally made at the social housing complex has been successful, which will make it possible for residents to move on to another social housing complex when they leave here. If we move to a new social housing complex, then we may need to start from scratch with a new team. What that means for us is a new six-year period. Then, after we build up a new team over those six years, we have to leave and start all over again at a new place. But one six-year period after another of repeatedly moving could create an instability that could harm the kids and families. For these urban farmers in particular, the bonds they build over the shared farming experience can be hard to replace. Actually, over the course of the past four years, we have been very focused on this, and we have cultivated a shared sense of doing something revolutionary. The people of the Jiankang Social Housing Complex have developed a strong sense of community and shown a warmth toward each other that is increasingly rare in the modern city. In their urban garden, they've grown not just an abundance of fruit and vegetables, but lasting friendships that will never wilt.
After winning the Taiwan Series Championship two weeks ago, the CTBC brothers held a victory motor case Sunday morning in Taichung. The winning baseball team started the parade from City Hall and ended it at Taichung Intercontinental Baseball Stadium. In the final game of the CPBL, the brothers defeated the Rakuten Monkeys to take home the championship trophy for the second year in a row. At least 10,000 ardent fans gathered along Wenxing Road. Some lit firecrackers, some brought banners and posters, and others followed the motorcade on their scooters, adding to the festivities. A couple in Zhanghua is celebrating an amazing coincidence. Lugang Township mayoral candidate Shi Yuxuan and his wife Li Yongxing share many things, but they have one thing in common that Quite literally, no other couple in Taiwan can claim the same last eight digits in their ID numbers. We're married. The couple pose for a sweet photo and coyly hide their kiss behind their ID cards. They're not shy. They just want to show off their ID numbers, which hold a secret surprise. See how the last five digits of both numbers are 53234? In fact, the last eight digits are all identical, but we can't show them here for security reasons. When the official in charge of registering the marriage saw it, they were astonished. When the household registration officials saw, straight away they looked up for us how many people have that in Taiwan. And it turns out there's nobody else. We're the first couple. Six years ago, Shi Yuxuan's father introduced them to Li Yongxin, who works at a private school. When the couple went hiking on Alangi Historic Trail, they used their ID cards to get mountain permits. That's when they realized that their eight digits were totally identical, with just the digits representing birthplaces and sex being different. Less than six months later, Shi had proposed. What more was there to say? It seemed that fate had brought the two together. They're the only couple in Taiwan with this quirky connection. The statistical probability is just one in 100 million. Each individual number is one in 10. So in other words, the chance is one in 100 million that you'll have the last eight numbers of your ID codes identical. Well, if all eight digits are the same, then it's fate. It's a match made in heaven. A Chinese idiom says you must be virtuous and create good karma for 10 years to find a friend you can sail a boat with. But to find a partner who you can live with, you must create 100 years of good karma. The jury is out. How many years will result in a coincidence like this? Well, it was a sad weekend at the Taipei Zoo. On Saturday, its male giant panda Tuan Tuan died at 1.48 p.m. after battling seizures since August, which were caused by a growing lesion in his brain. On Sunday morning, members of the public flocked to the zoo's panda pavilion to mourn him. The panda, along with its mate Yuan Yuan, was gifted to Taiwan by China over a decade ago. The Panda Pavilion at the Taipei Zoo was flooded with mourners early Sunday morning. Many people brought their entire family, both young and old, to bid their final farewells to Tuan Tuan. A woman set up a camera and wildly snapped photos of his cub Yuanzai. However, while snapping shots, she could not hold back her tears. 
I hate to part with him. When Tuan Tuan first came here, we came to see him. It doesn't seem so long ago in our memories, so I feel really shocked. I've come here from Zhanghua. After I heard the news yesterday, I traveled north, hoping to see him for the last time. Tuan Tuan's cubs, Yuan Zai and Yuan Bao, are chowing down on bamboo as usual, but Daddy is no longer there. It was a hard sight for many to see. Since August, the animal had suffered from seizures and he finally passed away on Saturday afternoon. In future, officials will preserve his bone and fur for taxidermy, as well as living cells. That sounds good. I think that would be full of commemorative significance to see his remains. It will be even harder to look at his remains if he is stuffed. He shouldn't be displayed like this for everyone to see. He should be given his own space to have a good departure. People are remembering Tuan Tuan in their own ways. Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe immediately issued a statement offering his condolences. A doctor said Tuan Tuan died naturally and that it wasn't the case that the medical team gave up on him. However, for giant pandas, it was considered a premature death. The zoo is preparing a retrospective on Tuan Tuan's life so that everyone can have something to remember him by. With scholars projecting the nation's labor insurance system to go broke in 2028, the executive yuan is making some changes to prevent that. It was announced that it will allocate 45 billion NT to the system next year. In addition, the government will raise national labor insurance and national pension premiums by at least half a percentage point. This will affect up to 13 million people in Taiwan. Let's hear from a labor expert. The financing of labor insurance is a long-term problem. The classification of premiums in relation to salary levels and the continuous upward adjustments to the minimum wage will add to the labour insurance fund, but this will only slightly delay a financial crisis for labour insurance. Next year, labour insurance premiums will be raised by half a percentage point, with the annual premiums paid by the insured to increase at least by 636 NT. As for people insured under the national pension system, they could see their premium payments shoot up by more than 1,700 NT annually. In addition to the 13 million workers, some 590,000 employers will also be affected. With the local elections coming up on Saturday, all three leading candidates in the running for Taipei mayor saw the weekend as their last big chance to make their appeals to the public. In addition to soliciting votes, the DPP's mayoral candidate Chen Shizhong pointed to a referendum on lowering the voting age to 18, which will be held simultaneously with the poll. He said the referendum needs an enormous number of yes votes to pass and lamented that the other political parties are not publicizing it. 
on the last Sunday before citizens cast their votes. The DPP's Taipei mayoral candidate Chen Shijung campaigned in a traditional market. Chen said he felt a bit helpless about a referendum to lower the voting age to 18, which will be held concurrently with the municipal elections. Other parties were not giving it much publicity, he said. Now that everyone in the legislative yuan has reached a consensus to hold this referendum, they might as well work a little harder instead of keeping mum, which I think is wrong. In fact, there are many opportunities for the other two parties to publicize it. President Tsai has been speaking about the referendum in front of temples and in her other public appearances. We all know that she received 8.17 million votes last time, which was very high. If we want the 18-year-old voting age referendum to pass, it'll need 9.65 million votes. Chen also lambasted a recent video from Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe, who is backing independent candidate Huang Shanshan. Ke implied the other candidates did not properly understand Taipei and claimed the DPP's national governance amounted to a phony democracy. In fact, my political platform expresses great hopes. That is, I hope to get rid of people's sense of dishonor that Taipei City ranks last. Ke is the one who has created this situation. I believe he should reflect on this matter. In the future, when I'm elected mayor, I will restore the glory of Taipei. Meanwhile, the KMT's candidate Zhang Wanan pulled out all the stops as he canvassed votes in Mushin Market. The day before, he targeted the women voters in Nangang and Nehu districts, where Huang Shanshan is in the lead, putting the independent candidate on the defensive. Great citizens of Taipei, you are neither blue or green. You are your own master. As the countdown reaches its final hours, the three leading parties are seizing the last moments they have to gain the people's support in the dash to the finish line.